On the cover, the Midnighters stare in silence down at the body of Midas Thorn. Eden frantically performs CPR while KT looks on in shock. Tears knit themselves down Stitch's face and Waldo licks Sam's hand. Wonder World Comics proudly presents The Midnighters, Volume 4, A Slice of Life, Issue 5, Overtime. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. Our comic opens with uh, a new shot, aerial shot of the city. The two kind of plumes of black smoke rising, one from the city hall and one from the New Olympus Superdome. And a news reporter is saying, uh, there was speculation that the attack was was perpetrated by Dark Fox, the vigilante terrorist who destroyed the orbiting secret lab ran by rogue Farsec agent Baker yesterday. However, we are now being informed that uh, Baron Zydonis Zemturis has claimed responsibility for the assassination of the king and queen. And he has prepared this statement. And the camera uh, cuts to a close-up shot of Baron Zemturis, who uh, our longtime readers know is a super powerful supervillain, has almost conquered the world on numerous occasions before throughout the Silver and Bronze Age. Recently, has it been seen in the past several, almost a decade at this point? And he is a big, powerfully built man who, uh, what he was originally exiled from his country, his head and face was encased in this iron mask and then riveted to his head with these like thick bands. Um, so yes, yeah, it's really intimidating. And then he's wearing this giant fur cape, uh, and sort of like tech looking power armor and seated on a giant stone throne. And uh, he's making this statement from the throne room in Vladvia. I have read Vladvia of its weak and foolish king and queen and its pathetic bloodline. It is time Vladvia had a leader like those of old before our country was forced to its knees by the Soviets in the West. Which is why I Zionis Zemturis, with the full support of the Vladvian military, claim the throne of Vladvia by rights of blood and conquest. Any outside interference, whether from nations or their so-called superheroes, will suffer my wrath. And the camera pulls out to a cheering crowd of soldiers, and uh, Baron Zemturis lifts a single finger on his giant stone throne and this massive storm of lightning begins to be summoned and formed around uh, Castle Zemturis. Then we cut to the panel is kind of the same kind of last shot of the news footage, but it's uh, being held in someone's hand, being like on a phone. And uh, Princess Zaltana is watching the news with like the one hand over her mouth and tears streaming down her face. 
What are the rest of you doing? Are there still assassins present? Um, no. I believe you have dealt with the assassin threat for now. Uh, Electo and Plasma Coil crashed in their helicopter. And you saved, uh, when you saved the princess, and Majira was thrown out of the sky. Okay. Am I correct? Am I remembering wrong? She, uh, Majira was, um, was disposed of. <laughs> she fell behind. No, I mean, you're not, you're not misremembering. That is, um, Stitch shot the propeller of the helicopter. It crashed with plasma coil and electo in it, or presumed to be in it. And the last we heard of Magira was over comms when she taunted us at the end of the last episode. Midas is still having a uh, a bad time. Indeed, my circle is half empty, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it's also half full. Mm-hmm. I believe. I believe <laughs> everyone else is. Everyone else is relatively all right, except for Lady Stitch, who um, is falling to pieces. Yeah, yeah. Stitch, how are you doing? You took a pretty hard blow there when you were shot by the antimatter pistol. However, you do have a gun now, which is pretty cool. Stitch more guns. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely going to show up in the darkest timeline. So Stitch is accumulating conditions quickly, and she's clearly hurt. On on the comic book page, the reader can see that her face is kind of grimaced in pain as the hole through her chest, um, her threads try to weave themselves together or so, but they reflexively flinch back almost as if they were tender nerve endings that uh that couldn't handle the uh the strain and she turns to graviton and says oh thank you graviton i i, I knew you'd make it you are welcome um i don't i don't think i need to go to the hospital but uh, there's something wrong with me i can't i can't weave right anymore You have a four and a half inch hole blasted through the upper left hand quadrant of your chest. Yeah, but but holes usually aren't a problem. And she stretches out her arm and like she just starts weaving holes through herself and like <laughs> she even sticks a finger through. It's like, see, look, like I'm usually fine with holes, but I, I can't reweave this one. You so faintly have burnt hair and ozone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Stitch, are you expressing a vulnerability and weakness right now? Yes, as she sniffs the various holes on her arm, trying to figure out (laughs) how they might smell. And why Katie's asking her if she smells, or telling her that she smells. (laughs) Alright, when Stitch expresses a vulnerability or weakness... If their response helps you understand human feelings or problems, mark potential. If their response confuses or offends you, shift your freak up and your mundane down. It is probably something that you will have to have looked at. For many of the creatures that live upon this particular planet, a hole that is involuntarily created in their 
corpulent form tends to leak a substance that they use for their metabolistic purposes. <laughs> you do not seem to have a metabolistic purpose. However, you should probably get that checked out. <laughs> Perhaps some stitches. But <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, okay. And um, that's that's definitely going to shift Stitch's freak up in her mundane down. She really keyed on in on the use of uh, creature um, in that description. And she now is just has some panels in her head, like kind of seeing herself a little differently. Like one, she has like antlers. Another, she's, you know, a dog on a like a veterinary table. She's. Another one, she's just a car that has, like, oil leaking out of it. You know, she's trying to figure out mm -hmm. how how she fits in this picture of creatures leaking fluids that KT is stitching for her. What are you up to, Moonflower? Um, I think I'd actually like to assess the situation. Excellent, excellent. That sounds like a wise decision. So why don't you go ahead and give us that role plus superior? That's a four. Uh-oh. So you get to mark potential. <laughs> which is great. Um, what was it what were you trying to look for when you were assessing the situation? What were you hoping you could find? I think Eden is maybe not as hung up on this whole assassination as she should be. She's seen her parents kill a lot of people. Um so, so, like, it's a little different because there's someone crying nearby and that's uncomfortable. But um, even apart from that, even is usually pretty single-minded in terms of what's next for the mission. Um, and if the princess is at least safe for now, uh, the next order of business is trying to not uh, let Midas die. Uh, so I, I think she probably is trying to think through, like, what are my options mm -hmm. for preventing his untimely demise. Mm -hmm. And why are you so, like, panicked about this right now? Why can you just not, like, why is your brain just, like, not working? What is... I don't think she maybe recognizes what she's feeling as panic. I think she is low-grade, very anxious or like there's kind of some anxiety running in the background but i think she doesn't even necessarily clock it i think she just is feeling like she missed a step and like yeah that kind of feeling when you like miss the last step when you're walking down mm -hmm. the stairs and um so she, i mean it's been a day there's been a lot going on i think she just feels like there's all of this jumbled in her head right now and she can't cut through to like a clear line of thought for next action. Interesting. Um, I'm going to have you go ahead and mark a condition. Uh, your choice. Um, so, yeah, you are looking uh, kind of at Midas, giving him a once over. Uh, the poison is spreading rapidly up his arm and to his shoulder and neck. Uh, and you you don't have a lot of information right now, but it does not look good. What do you say to Midas? 
Um, I don't know that I would say much of any, like, even though she's not good at comforting people. <laughs> mm, I, I feel I, uncomforted. <laughs> like, I think if Eden tried to comfort you, you would be filling in another segment of your circle. <laughs> Maybe you should not, then. I'm not going to. Uh, so, like, I, I think she's probably deliberately standing far enough away that she would have to talk to them. She is going to mark hopeless. Okay, yeah, so Midas, like, Eden was just, who is the poison's expert, um, has been, like, looking you over, taking your pulse, checking your breathing, you know, uh, taking some blood samples and stuff. And hasn't said a word, and her face has just gotten more and more grim. And finally, she just kind of like doesn't even make eye contact with you, and has to just kind of stand up and walk away. Mm. What's, She's a good friend. What's going through your head right now? Honestly, kind of thinking about chopping my arm off. It is getting a little late for that. It is starting to. You can see. Uh, as you kind of retract suit and pull up your shirt, like you can see the kind of green ichor kind of oozing. It's slowly making its way through your veins up into your shoulder and neck area. Mm. Your fingers on that hand have already started to like wither and turn black. So it's too late to cut it off? Yes. Damn. <laughs> I do not understand. If we simply chopped it off, would he not regrow a new one? <laughs> um, that's not quite how uh, humans work. That is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially since I can't chop it off now. It's gone too far. Well, I think the diagnosis is you could chop it off, it just wouldn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Well said. Now we have determined what won't be helpful. What 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 might fix this? Sam, how what have you been doing this whole time? My arms fall. Um, I think so. Uh, where are we? You are in the middle of uh, kind of Midtown by. Sort of, uh, like a couple blocks away from the ocean because the okay. Superdome protrudes into the ocean. Right. Okay. Then, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A little Mary Chase golf cart and then, uh, took down a helicopter and we find ourselves here. The corner of 9th in South Midtown. There you go. <laughs> That's right. I remember now. Mm -hmm. So Sam and Waldo are on the back of the, you know, medical golf cart with Midas. And, um, and Sam has kind of just launched in, yeah, I think Sam is, uh, um, Sam is just kind of been, um, I think his thought was like, you know, <laughs> let's keep everyone calm and his thought of how to keep everyone calm is to um, is to just start talking. And so he's been talking this whole time. 
and uh he's been he, so uh it's, it's i think it goes something like so anyway yeah um and then you know by plastic beach era is when you know the the team had kind of broken apart and come together and like i don't know i guess i don't want to get too much into the lore but like i mean plastic beach is my favorite album you know and so like <laughs> like that is probably like the pinnacle but i mean like even some of the stuff that like you know did, did the song machine like and and then of course cracker island full of hits but like it it's truly phenomenal stuff, Midas. I think you got to get it. I think you really like Cracker. I actually think you really like Humans, even though that one is kind of controversial, even amongst fans. Uh, but you know, like Two D, um, and you know, actually, technically, Noodle is my favorite. Technically, Robo Noodle is my favorite, which is part of why I'm a really big fan of Plastic Beach. Um, but um, Anyway, yeah, I I do think that you would really like it if you if you listen to it. I don't even actually I don't know if we've ever even talked about music before, but <laughs> I have I do have a feeling that you would like it. So yeah, we should probably listen to it sometime. And also, uh, uh, hey, I just had a thought. What what do you think? I'm I'm slightly delirious, but trying to follow along with the <laughs> the musical road trip we're going on. Yeah, I maybe. Do you have like a? Do we have a way to get in, in touch with Zorn Zartan, or is there some other friend of someone in the nightmare dimension in your? in your little uh, man cave pocket room within the nightmare dimension. Do you have like a, a little set of demon vials or something stashed away? You know, anyway, yeah, that was my thought is like, maybe we could reach into somewhere and fight nightmare with nightmare. You know what I mean? Or it, like I said, uh, I just also thought maybe, maybe we could like, get a hold of Zorn Zartan. And see if he could help us. Where did we put? Where, where do we leave Zorn in the library? Mm -hmm. It also sounds like Sam. You may have been trying to comfort and support your buddy Midas there. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, I that's I think that's correct. Awesome. Um. So when you comfort and support someone, roll plus mundane. I also get plus one from Waldo helping because Waldo's mm -hmm. helping. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've actually done that, but it is. He gets, he gets a pat on the head. He gets a pat on the head. Situational bonus. <laughs> no way. Wow. Jeez Louise. How bad is it? It's a four. It's a oh four. my. Oh, man. Someone mm. fix you don't, 20. You don't get a times two for having Waldo. <laughs> I mean, that was plus one, plus Waldo's plus one. <laughs> so I, I, and plus one mundane. So, I mean, I rolled snake eyes, I guess. Ooh. To be fair, I mean, no matter how charming Sam is, and he's undoubtedly charming, Midas has been hallucinating for at least 30 minutes now. Yeah, yeah no, again, I think Sam's, uh, Sam's like, technique of defusing uh, tension, which, you know, was uh, 
obviously grasping at straws, but he did then uh, mm-hmm. kind of stumble onto a straw or something that might look like a straw. What feels like a very, uh, you know, tenuous mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, and and Midas, like you can tell, he's kind of like reaching for straws, but like none of those straws really seem like they're maybe like uh, they all seem kind of like they're they're music related and not really straws that should pertain to <laughs> the dwindling last few minutes of your life, yeah. and that's kind of starting to make you panic a little bit, and your heart rate's starting to go up, and he your is blood realizing pressure kind of spikes, and he is um, realizing that these straws. Are made of paper and they are rapidly degrading. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think you're gonna have to mark another section of your doom track. Mm. There's yeah. not many pieces of pie. No, you have two little pieces of your pie left to fill in. And they're the smallest ones. And then, yeah. Oh, he's and, at nine o'clock? Yep, yeah, he's at nine o'clock right now. Ooh. So you are really starting to slip in and out of it at this point, mm. Midas. There is a quick stopover at 1030, though. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, you have a quick 15 minute break. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lady Moonflower, is it healthy for the pupils of your eyes to be unfocused and unbalanced? Like, oh, <laughs> are they supposed to be squiggly like that? <laughs> Not usually. <laughs> I already assessed the situation. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. Uh, did you have a move where you can, like, ask Belladonna for advice, or... No, I didn't think any of those moves. <laughs> 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 I didn't think he even said ask for advice. She's too superior for that. I'm playing the protege, but I'm not going to talk to my mentor. <laughs> do, we, do we have any sort of... Uh, any sort of devices or um like a rudimentary lathe in uh in the immediate area a lathe <laughs> well, <laughs> please describe for the readers this item well um kt has this uh active move alien tech that uh mm. we might be able to duct tape up something or other that we can conveniently yeah yeah, yeah duct tape a lathe to a, a fish finder and we got yourself like an, a, like an air fryer like an air fryer yeah and like yeah. The, the laser for a blu-ray player and <laughs> okay and, and so you, you duct tape them together and make the depoisonator well i was thinking something that would boost the efficiency of the laser that would allow us to boil boil the uh the poison in the uh, in the veins that we're pointing it at which would would probably be quite painful but uh in theory would keep you alive we have a golf cart full of medical supplies we could use the the defib pads (laughs) (laughs) all right all right just to start i'm gonna hit him with the EpiPen. you ready midas (laughs) uh do you think that'll help yeah on second thought i don't know if that will help that's just a big adrenaline boost it might actually make it worse (laughs) it might think it may make it spread faster you see Eden snatch the abby (laughs) (laughs) sam had it like two hands he was about to plunge that bitch down like in pulp fiction yeah exactly yeah exactly (laughs) it was like 
right about to do it. It's like, oh, yeah, no, actually, you're right. That maybe is. Midas almost got Thurman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, that, that is a good point. There's a lot of medical equipment lying around there, KT. You could, might be able to scratch something oh. together. I also, if if we find ourselves unhappy with any of the solutions, have a, a little bit of a a scene that could fix it, but it also comes with like some some strings attached. I see what you just did there. So um I I wanna leave that as a last resort, but this is kind of a big moment if no one else anything else going on. Let me let me see what my sonic screwdriver can do. Yes. <laughs> yes, let's unleash let's the sonic screwdriver. That is a four plus two plus two freak for a total of eight. Yeah. Um, do you want to real quick read alien tech to, uh, uh, for our readers at home for our readers at home and roll not the DM roll plus freak <laughs> on a success, create a device that works once critical success either gives an exceptional result or an additional use failure gives Game Master Fiat on what happens next. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, an eight is good. That is a hit. It's a one-time charm. Using the power pack from the defibrillator and um, a laser from a Blu-ray player you found in a smashed uh, pawn shop nearby, and uh, the some engine the parts from the golf cart. Capacitor of a microwave oven. There we go. Um, you've conducted a... Uh, can't be a, a sonic screwdriver, but like a... A magical alien device. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you describe what this device looks like, KT, that you've cobbled together? So, the... Um, the capacitor is faced forward, and it is actually what will be aimed at Midas's tender human flesh. Um, the laser, specifically the optic laser from the Blu-ray player, will focus the energies released from the defibrillator paddles to, uh, to create a 20,000 watt beam that hopefully will give him some extra, um, slices of pie back if it doesn't if it doesn't boil away the entirety of the poison slowly crawling its way through his system. Hit me with it. This is probably going to cause you an undue amount of pain. Should I put on like a lid? Should I put a lid apron on Waldo or something like that <laughs> before you do this? <laughs> that might not be a bad idea. Waldo, come on over here, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Let's stand back a little bit. Uh, You spin up your uh, electric-powered microwave laser and uh, start basically cauterizing the veins in Midas' arm. And Midas, you are in extreme pain. Uh, is just agony. KT works their way down from their shoulder, from your shoulder down back towards 
the source of the infection at your hand. And uh, I would ask you to mark a condition, but you have no more conditions left to mark. Mm, I think you're correct. So I I think you just pass out from the pain. That checks out. So, Katie, you finish your work. You think it worked, but Midas is now completely unconscious and his uh, left arm is smoking. He also smells like stitch and bacon. Yes. <laughs> uh, what were everyone's expressions looking like while all of this was going on? Stitch has definitely shot side eyes for being compared to the burning flesh on Midas's <laughs> arms. Eden's just watching. She's Sam, mm. When she was a child soldier in Borneo. <laughs> 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 secret backstory yeah it reminds her of her, of her time in East Timor mm-hmm. um, uh, Sam wasn't didn't watch he was looking away and skeezed out kind of uh, squeamish mm-hmm. uh, Princess Zoltana also did not look and is just kind of uh, sitting huddled against the a car just kind of hugging her knees. Kind of forgot she was still now. Yeah, <laughs> she's still there. And uh, Midas, as you have passed out, your mind is sort of floating through the realm of dreams and nightmares. And you hear your mother's voice again whispering to you from beyond. I'm waiting for you. Uh, I feel like I'd be very kind of dizzy-like and Mm -hmm. not not really understand what's happening. Personally, with my own experience in dreams, I usually can't talk. So it's more of a just like you're you're not in the driver's seat. You're just almost like a Mm -hmm. passenger watching it. From my experience, Uh, I have dreams. From what you're seeing, it's like when you were sort of uh, scrying the science base where you're like in the nightmare dimension looking out into the real world, but you're not seeing Earth or any place you've ever seen on Earth. It looks like some sort of like great fantasy castle on top of a glacier in like these frozen mountains and uh, you kind of swoop into a tower. You can hear your mother's voice growing stronger saying, I can save you, Midas. Hmm. I I don't believe it's real because it doesn't seem like the nightmare. So I tell myself it's not real and try to wake myself up. Cool. You are still hard pass out. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, so guys, the, the operation looks successful. You don't, like, you can't see Midas' little, little pie chart, but it seems like the poison is stopped. I think Aiden's probably, like, checking his pulse. And- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Should we uh, uh, not be standing in the street with the recently... Like very nearly assassinated royalty. 
like just a thought since we kind of hopefully this is stabilized like maybe we book it to a more secure location no that would probably be wise do we happen to have a handy dandy foreign embassy within uh within the immediate distance that we could bring the princess to Ooh, would it be wise to bring her to it? Um, I don't know. You could ask her and see what she thinks. Well, I am I am debating whether or not it would be uh, trapped as well, or if we should bring her somewhere where it'd be a little harder for potential adversaries to find. Yeah. It's from Baron, now King Zemtouris' statement, it sounds like he pretty much controls Latvia now. Just put her where we put all the other exiles at the library. <laughs> I mean, that's Just actually a not a bad idea. <laughs> we should probably go to the library anyway. Actually, now that I think about it. Who approaches Princess Zoltana to tell her what your plan is? Not Midas. I shall. KT has influence over Princess Zoltana's oh, interests. Yeah. There we go. Lady Princess Zoltana Zenturas, we have a plan to keep you safe. Because of, as of right now, the uh, the current king of Vladvia may or may not have it out for you right now. So I do not believe it would be safe for you to go to a foreign embassy. We do have a safe house of sorts that you would probably be a little more protected. But I do not believe it would be up to the lavish lifestyle that you may or may not be used to at the moment. With your permission, however, we would like to bring you there. She looks up at you um, through, with like just red eyes and kind of wipes her, wipes her nose and just kind of nods and stands up. Can I... I would like to roll to attempt to comfort her. You might have to... Do give me a little more than that. How are you going to comfort her beyond just telling her what the plan is? I am 80% sure I know exactly how she feels right now. Lost and alone someplace that she is not familiar with. With the entirety of her family at this point dead and taken from her. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead and roll to comfort and support. That is a two plus a one plus a negative two for mundane plus a negative two due to the angry condition. I believe that is a negative result. Oh my gosh. You guys are killing it tonight. I'm starting to think the Midnighters don't have great interpersonal skills. What? You guys all have influence over each other. Oh. I believe I should have a additional plus one to target Princess Sultana Zenturis. <laughs> you do, you do. Does that bring you up to a zero? <laughs> it does bring me up to a zero. Perhaps Excellent. the trauma of the recent events is uh, shielding her from any control that we are trying to provide right now. As you, yeah, try and, and kind of empathize with her, she just snaps at you and just you nothing nothing about what I feel and turns away. It's very upset. Is 
Is that a yes to the safe house? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, with that word bubble, we turn the pitch, and uh, we're back with Midas in the nightmare dimension. Uh, and you were... You Is that were, where I am? Um, I mean, it's where you think you are right now. Okay. What, what it looks like to you. Okay. You were, I mean... What do I know I that I am not conscious? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> are you ever conscious in the nightmare realm? Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Usually. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think so. Like, you're... Do I think so? <laughs> you're driven out on custom poison to hallucinating balls right now. So, yeah, I think you think you're... I mean, it certainly feels real to you. Okay. And I I attempt to... Do I remember where what happened just now? Yes. Okay. I, I attempt to... You, yeah, you are, like, aware that your life is in danger... But you have kind of like whatever your mind or your soul or whatever has found its way to the nightmare realm, or you're just tripping. Okay. Uh, I I look at my hands to to see if they still look poisoned. Your uh, left hand uh, does indeed look black and withered. You, your mother's voice. I have great power. Beyond your comprehension. Beyond death itself. Hmm. I... I suspect something is afoot. <laughs> um, and before you, you can kind of see almost like a spectral, shadowy form sort of materializing uh, kind of the specter of your mother, not fully corporeal, not quite in the real world, but definitely there and definitely not dead. Hmm. I am, I'm, I'm questioning my reality and attempt to portal back to what I last remember to see if it's real. To attempt to go back to the Midnighters. It's through a portal. Go ahead and roll to unleash your powers. Okay. It's nine on the dice. Plus your freak. Plus three. And then minus two for Minus me. two. So plus one. So a ten. Nice. Okay. A hit. A five hit. <laughs> so as you start to uh, kind of realize where you are and kind of your, your head's beginning to feel less cloudy, um, and you summon this nightmare energy around you trying to, to pull yourself home. And uh, uh, your mother's hand kind of reaches out towards you. And as it gets closer and closer to your hand, you see color slowly starting to return to your fingertips. And, uh, just, she just kind of like touches your index finger right as you portal yourself away. And, uh, you jolt back upright again, gasping for air, fully awake, arm again in agony. You immediately wish you would pass out again. 
Uh, but looking at your hand, your finger does look noticeably different. Hmm. That's trippy. Midas just jolted himself awake. Uh, where are we at the library? Is that where we find ourselves? Oh, we are over there. Um, I mean, that's just where you guys said you were going. Yeah, smash cut. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's where we said we were going, and we did it. Cool. I believe you. Uh, Fast travel. (laughs) Initiated. (laughs) Did you know? (laughs) Um, You cannot fast travel when enemies are nearby. (laughs) (laughs) That is precisely when I'd like to fast travel. (laughs) So, you wake up and find yourself on your back on the dining room table in the library. Uh, Threshold is right there. Uh, He's got one hand gripping the top of his uh, cane very tightly, and the other hand is kind of hovering above your head, and, like, your forehead is glowing slightly as he's like looks like he's giving you kind of a magical once-over. And as you're you're coming to, you can hear him saying that. His heart rate spiking again. Looks like something is happening inside his... Interacting with his powers? I don't... Okay, he's coming too. And I come too. And it still, like, really hurts, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, uh... I, I, I channel suit all all into arm, so I have I have suited arm mm-hmm. to try and help ease ease the pain. So... Excellent. Arm suit currently. The pain uh, begins to dull, but um, Eden, you notice uh, it's starting to, the poison is starting to creep its way up its neck and is reaching kind of like his jaw and ears. Can I assess this situation? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can always just reassess this situation if you would like. Why? That is five. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad night for rolls. I mean, Eden's gonna level up here, but I, I have plus two to superior. I last time rolled a like nat two, and this time rolled a three. So wow, oh baby steps. <laughs> You're getting there. We're getting yeah, there. Soon You're gonna mark some experience. Bit. Yeah, I am getting close to leveling up again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you are feeling, yeah, just completely out of your element right now. What are you, what are you gonna do? I know I don't have a move for it, but I do think I'm going to call Belladonna. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you can totally do that. She picks up before the first ring has even finished. It's just, uh... Moonflower, are you okay? I'm okay. Midas isn't doing great. And the princess. She's alive. What happened to Midas? He's been poisoned. Do you know what? But do we know what by what? My mom. <laughs> um, there's a short pause, followed by an audible sigh. And uh let's see, he says, um Listen, we are tied up down here trying to get everything under control. Uh, make sure everything's secure. Make sure all of the dignitaries are, are safe. Uh, if you can get him to my headquarters, though, and get him to my med bay, 
there might still be enough time for the my base computer to synthesize an anti- antidote. Okay, thanks. Good luck. Really glad we just went to the library so that we can now go to headquarters. <laughs> well, I mean, the library is down Not that far. Yeah, yeah, the library is in like a old town kind of near Midtown, and Belladonna's headquarters is kind of in Midtown, Midtown near Old Town. We so, could also portal to it, which would make it faster. Mm-hmm. I could also spread the, the strain. Portion. Yeah, the strain might. Mm. Someone could carry me there. <laughs> <laughs> so, as the reader looks down at the panel, they see Stitch pacing back and forth in the background, and she started pacing so f- fervently that she's starting to wear tracks in the library floors. And she's just muttering to herself and getting real worked up. It's just poison. It's just poison. He's not going to die. He, he, he couldn't die. And she is crying again. The, the periwinkle blue tears, you know, starting to look dull and unstitched. The hole in her chest is kind of rippling and, uh, you can see pain and agony on her face. And she turns and says, you know, Graviton can't do it, do everything alone. He, he's got to have some help. Moonflower, you said it was just poison. If you don't have the power to protect this team, you shouldn't pretend like you do. And she is going to burn her ill-gotten influence and inflict the guilty condition on Moonflower if it is available. And she is going to go... Also might be shifting her labels before you burn that influence, too. Yeah, if if that is what you think. I mean, I, I think you just told her how the world works. That would be lowering her superior and increasing her danger because she does not have control of the situation and her team is suffering for it. You've been called out, Eden. Put on blast. You accept or reject that? I'm going to reject it. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to work because I have three conditions marked now. (laughs) I mean, your mom did poison me. I don't feel bad about that. Don't do that. Don't make this about you, Midas. (laughs) That's just how they are. That's not my fault. That's just how moms be. Cool. Yeah, so to protect someone's influence, that is just a flat roll. Um, That was an amazing roll. Then it is a flat roll minus two. Well, I rolled a 12. Awesome. Awesome. So, on a 10 plus, you stand strong and hold to yourself. (laughs) Shut up, scarf. (laughs) 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 You get to choose two from the following list. Uh, Clear a condition or mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong. Shift one label up and one label down of your choice. Or cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. I'm just gonna like undo everything Stitch just did. So I'm going to raise my superior package. Well, I guess it didn't drop if 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you're rejecting the influence, then yeah, you get to shift your own labels. Well, I'm still raising superior. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm marking guilty. Cool. And then what are you shifting down to shift up superior? Um, I'm going to go ahead and shift down savior. Cool. And then uh, in order to clear a condition, you have to act immediately act to prove Stitch wrong. You do deserve to lead this team. You do know what you're doing. So I'm going to, without saying anything, just walk out of the library um, to the street. And I'm going to stand in the middle of the street until a car stops. Mm -hmm. And when that car stops, I am going to yank open the door and, like, Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) (laughs) You do have a gun. Nice. I don't need that. Um, I mean, I do still have a gun. I think <laughs> I have one knife and an EpiPen mm-hmm. also. Um, but I, I think I could just throw them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then we have transportation. Yeah, yeah. It's like a really nice, uh, like, sleek, super expensive luxury. Describe the driver. <laughs> uh, he's like a middle-aged white guy, so you know he's an <laughs> asshole. Um, he looks like Greg Gianforte. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I stole his car. Yeah. So anyway, I got I got his wheels. Nice. She's just gonna Stitch is gonna turn and stare at the door and say She left us. She just left us. And Indeed. walk over to one of the library chairs, sit down and bury her head in her hands, and I could mark hopeless and a mind of their own would activate, and her needle could essentially weave its way through and fix Midas. Ooh. Your powers evolve and mutate. When you're facing an obstacle or threat that your powers would not be able to deal with, you can mark a condition to gain brand new abilities adapted to the situation. You lose those powers once the danger is gone. Cool, yeah. So that gives you, like, a new power set. Like, you could give yourself, like, mind control or telekinesis or teleportation or something like that, and then use those powers and make, like, an unleash your powers roll or something to cure Midas. Was Graviton going to say something before Stitch stormed over and pouted? Graviton was simply going to reinforce that, yes, Lady Moonflower left us. Well, after she sits down, she just immediately bolts back up and says, Okay, well, doing nothing's not going to fix anything. And I guess instead of hopeless, since she's jumping into action but not, you know, being dejected, she's going to mark afraid and a mind of their own is going to activate. That makes sense, yeah. And a haze is going to drop over the room. In green script, a name in a language that's spoken by few in New Olympus stitches itself onto the needle. Um, a faint purple glow fills the room with a snaking mist. And Stitch says, okay, Graviton, I'm going to need your help. Um, can you try to show me where the poison is? I'm going to try to stitch it out. 
and Stitch has given herself or is using her needle in one of its core functions, which is transmutation. She's going to try to go in and directly remove the poison from his veins. Awesome. Oh my god. Would that require an assess the situation role? Because we are dealing with a biological entity that I am not familiar with, suffering from a biological situation that I am also unfamiliar with. Uh, I, I, I'd allow it. I think, you know, in the la- it wasn't in the last episode that, uh, that KT used some kind of power to at least arrest the progress of it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, you know, biology yeah. being a subset of chemistry, being a subset of physics, I can, I can easily thread that needle as it were in so, my I head. Guess, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess I would just have to uh, focus upon the uh, gravitational pull of the poison itself. Like I tried to do. Yeah. 12 absolutely. minutes ago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, even even something like could could you maybe identify and shift the density? It might make it easier to remove. Yeah. Why don't Stitch? Why don't you go ahead and roll to defend? <laughs> okay. Oh wait, I'm not insecure. That's kind of a miracle. Hooray! <laughs> Alrighty. Stitch believes in herself. Yes. Oh. Stitch rolled a four, a five, plus a one with her savior for a full ten. Yeah. A success. Oh, amazing. On a hit, you keep them safe and get to choose one. Add a team to the pool. Take influence over someone you protect or clear a condition. Stitch would like to take influence over Midas since he just burned it on the one Midnighter he had influence over. <laughs> Two. And, oh, did you give me influence? Negative. I, I thought you meant he did not have influence over additional Midnighters. Oh, Holy. no. I just meant Stitch personally has nobody else's influence. After burning it on Moonflower. (laughs) So, with KT in assistance, uh, go ahead and describe what this intense procedure looks like on the page. And also describe what permanent star or mark or how is this procedure permanently altered Midas' body? With Graviton's assistance, the density of the poison becomes like that of steel, stopping it completely within the veins of his neck. Stitch will have to move quickly because, technically, all blood flow to Midas's brain has stopped. <laughs> On the comic panel, it seems as if time almost stands still, and the glowing green needle's aura has reached Stitch's eyes, and they're now glowing green orbs. Um, She moves as if possessed by 
another far more skilled physician and the needle very quickly uh, materializes a scalpel-like needle and it stitches itself around um, Midas's arm and the main portion of it is in this area and from his shoulder down it becomes plushy like stitch and in this moment all the midnighters present can see as it slowly kind of expands and opens and the heavy steel poison that uh very dense poison that graviton has so kindly uh frozen for her is just quickly just removed as the needle pierces through it and as it drops through his plushy arm um it transmogrifies back into the actual poison and dead white blood cells that tried to defend Midas from from this nasty little bit of Majira's poison and it splatters on the floor and as quickly as it started it's over and uh the needle clatters to the ground stitch's hand is shaking and Midas's hand and arm looks normal but there is faint undiscernible script along the path of the scars left by the tool graviton used in just barely visible scar tissue that you can see under the right light that's so cool i would like to lift the poison from the floor by altering the uh, gravitational pull and collect as much of it uh, in front of me as I can until we can put it in a suitable container. Absolutely. The threshold kind of realizes what you're do- doing and then uh, turns around and rummages around in some drawers and pulls out a little mason jar. Pickle jar. This mason jar smells vaguely of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord Threshold. Just Threshold's fine. How are you feeling, Midas? I feel much better. Thank you, Stitch and Katie. Eden comes on the comms and says, bring Midas down, I've got us a riot. Everybody seems a little silent, so I actually say, Moonflower, I'm actually alright. Katie and and, uh, Stitch actually just took care of it. Eden throws the keys to the car on the driver's seat and sulks like that. <laughs> <laughs> Is the driver still on the ground? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like one block away. I think she pulled away like one block before she made that call. Awesome. Stitch does hear this on comms, and I guess this is kind of just table talk, but she hears that Moonflower didn't leave them and there's like a pang of guilt because she's just called out her hero and she really did like it's almost hopeful because she really thought she was just gone and she didn't care so she's she's reassured but also now like processing along with the pain and everything else they're like oh that's a thing now yeah how did it what was it like while you were possessed by this spirit, Stitch? Do you remember much of that process? I think 
it was if Stitch was being guided along the process. Um, she won't remember the knowledge and the skills that it took to do it, but she she has this faint feeling as if she she'd had a conversation with someone, but but she she can't remember who it was. Um, but she she almost feels like a presence. Um, uh, and a little bit beside herself. Um, she marked afraid to be able to do this. And she was afraid that she wouldn't be able to help Midas. And that was part of it. But she's now also kind of afraid because there's this, there's this feeling inside of her and this, this power that she doesn't recognize. And it, and it scares her. Sam, how have you handled all of this? I mean, I think he's pretty much just been kind of standing there, like since his, you know, kind of haphazard, we'll call them, attempts to, you know, somehow either, I mean, really just to alleviate his own <laughs> uh, nerves, really. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he's just been standing there, you know, like uh, Waldo's kind of bedside in a, you know, attendant uh, fashion. And he's there as well. It's sort of like supporting, but you know, like when you're in someone's hospital room and mm-hmm. you're like, you just, I mean, it like at least on, I don't know. What do you do when you're like standing there? You know, he's just been standing there somewhat, you know, not like stitch was like pacing or anything, but maybe kind of uneasy rocking back and forth, you know, right when KT fired up the, what do we end up calling the gizmo? It was the the Blu-ray player. The Blu-ray. <laughs> the Blu-ray gun. The Blu-ray platter. <laughs> Who ordered the Blu-ray platter? From Bugs Life. Who ordered the poo-poo platter? <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, Yep. Nope. Not, I, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, Eden. So yeah, you come back inside. Midas is looking awake and more or less healthy. With some weird, uh, scripty scar tissue on his arm, but other than that, it looks like he's on the mend. Eden is going to take off the half of the sunglasses that is, like, she, I mean, she's taking her sunglasses off. It's not mm-hmm. <laughs> super obscuring her face at this point anyway, since one of the lenses popped out, but it was, like, taking off her monocle. <laughs> it feels like a little significant. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so this is probably the first time they've all like actually seen her full face. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just kind of looks at Midas and says, I don't think we can go back to the game. I think it's canceled. Awesome. <laughs> and I think that brings us to the conclusion of volume four. That was a, that was a good good last one. That, that was perfect. Way to, way to bring it home. Hell yeah. Um, cool, which means we get to do our end of session moves. So, yeah, oh my gosh, this is going to be juicy. I'm so excited to hear what everyone's thoughts are. Um, let's start with, uh, our, our 
or boy, Mister Poisoned himself. Um, it is I, me. It's you, you. Uh, so all of this, this whole adventure being considered, do you feel that you uh, grew closer to the team, uh, into your own image of yourself, or further away from the team? Mm, I'd say closer to the team. I just got saved by my team. Excellent, excellent. And who in particular makes you feel the most welcome? Um, I would say Stitch, since yeah. Stitch saved and my Stitch butt. Probably gotta be Stitch. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you give Stitch influence, and you get to clear a condition or mark potential. Nice. I'm gonna clear one of my many conditions. <laughs> <laughs> I also get to shift his labels, I believe, because I just took influence because over him. Because you just snapped influence, defending. yeah. By so by we, writing your name on his skin. Yeah, yeah. Literally. <laughs> or someone's name. Who knows what, what, what it's actually written there. Uh, there is something written there. Yeah. I may not have thought exactly out what is written there, but someone wrote something there. Maybe the DM can fill in that later for me. <laughs> Who knows? Nikto. It is face grip, though. It is from the, uh, the Fae Wilds. <gasps> awesome. Um, how do you but, how do you see Midas now, Stitch? Stitch is gonna shift Midas's freak down and his mundane up because she's now she kind of saw him through like the Judas trope, the character from every movie that you know is going to betray the team and then does because he's <laughs> spoopy, he's demony, and he fits the stereotype from the movies. Of being the dark bad guy, but seeing him <laughs> broken and vulnerable, and this is the most time that she's spent with Midas. Mm-hmm. It, it really opened her eyes, and you know sh- she cares about Midas, and you know she's not distrustful of him anymore. This this is kind of while reweaving his being. You know, that's probably the biggest impression she got from the whole experience more than the forgotten conversation or anything along that is she could sense who Midas was and that he really mm-hmm. does want to do good. Yeah. And really so that's to know someone when you take them apart and put them back together. Yeah, exactly. So she sees him as a real person and she cares about Midas a lot now. All clear. Afraid. That makes more sense. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's jump over to Stitch. Do you feel that you grew closer to the team and your own image or away from the team? That's super hard. It's kind of splintered between both. I know I can't pick one or the other. Um, it's splintered these... because of the hole in your heart. <laughs> exactly. I'm damaged. Um, you know, to see how it goes, because this hasn't been picked, um, she's reeling from lashing out at Moonflower and she feels that she's grown away from the team because Moonflower is the Midnighter. She started the team. So what happens when someone feels like they've grown away from the team? Um, you explain why you feel detached and you take influence uh, over you away from another character. Oh, Moonflower's going to lose influence over Stitch. Um, and I think the reason is obvious because... She's now seeing her more as a, a peer or someone who's maybe not the hero that she saw because she never saw the Midnighters fail. She has this idealized version. She has Moonflower up on a pedestal. And now, you know, the pedestal's 
been kicked out from under her and she sees her more on her level. She's very short. <laughs> she has maybe more a realistic view of moonflower which isn't bad she still you know mm-hmm, definitely she still it's, likes moonflower she still wants to be a part of the team but she it's humanizing she, yeah exactly she's she has a more humanized view now awesome i dig it um so moonflower, uh, miss moonflower how about yourself i think Eden's had a whole lot happen to me. Yes, you've really had a day. Uh, I guess just for a quick recap, since we've been doing this arc for like four weeks now. Uh, let's see, Eden got tuned out by Belladonna. She went to a sporting event in which she was roasted by the kiss cam. Uh, her parents showed up and tried to kill her friend. Am I missing anything? Mm, oh, almost failed to save the princess? Yeah, yeah. The entire family got murdered? Oh, yeah, her, yeah, yeah, that's also true. <laughs> um, like I said, I don't know that she's that hung up on the princess's family getting right, murdered. Right, right, but, like, it would have just been another thing if you, yeah, like, she had died, yeah. too, you know? That's true. Well, and I think it is, it like, she's not unaccustomed to her parents killing foreign mm-hmm. dignitaries. It's a newer experience for her to, like, actually witness someone being sad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, with all that in mind, um, I think that maybe what makes the most sense is that Eden grows into her own image of herself in the sense that, like, that. and not in, a, like, a good character growth way so much as just, like, this is, I think, solidifying some things she believes about herself. Um, I think it's sort of reinforced a lot of her feelings that, like, she's really defined by her parents and her upbringing, and she's an assassin's kid, and maybe she probably would have been better at being an assassin, but she's a hero for trying to be. And I think it just kind of makes her feel like when she left her parents and started the Midnighter, she had all these grand plans to be someone who was heroic and well-liked and had friends and influenced people and, you know. <laughs> so, um, and I, I think this was like a really good reflection point for her to realize she has not accomplished any of that in the way that she anticipated. Or at least that's how she feels. Mm-hmm. So she is seeing herself as being like pretty much exactly where she started. Oh, Stitch feels so bad when you lay it all out like that. Awesome. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so go ahead and uh, shift your own labels. I'm going to shift Freak up and Savior down. Makes sense. Southpaw, how about yourself? Closer to the team. Awesome. Who made you feel more welcome and why? Moonflower, actually. Yeah. It weirdly, you know, it was like a tough uh, series of events for Moonflower, but Moonflower came with the tickets to the game. Uh, even though Moonflower was like PO'd at Sam and didn't like include him on the you know, maybe give him quite as much beta on the 
assassination situation as he as he maybe would have been helpful but again that was probably more his fault but uh you know that especially you know i think what is kind of the most uh salient part for sam was like uh you know he on the on the medical cart you know the um the medical golf cart when he was like freaking out and just babbling uh just to fill the silence um he you know he he realized that one thing that he truly did feel like secure in was that moonflower was going to get them where they were going to go like he, he wasn't ever worried about anything like that so um yeah weirdly it was moonflower awesome moonflower how do you see sam after this adventure Ian's kind of in an interesting junction in her feelings for Sam. I think that she has been aware of this sort of growing crush on him that I think with like the events of the game and the kiss cam, like that not working out super well. And I think just also her own sort of mix in of insecurities of realizing that apparently everyone likes Sam also. <laughs> um, I, I think for her, she is feeling a little, not that she likes him less per se, but that she is not thrilled that she likes him. <laughs> and I think, yeah, like, I, I think she's feeling hesitant about her own feelings. I don't know if that Maybe it's more about her than Sam. But, uh, to bring this back to center, I think that I am going to shift superior up and mundane down. Cool. Nice. And Sam, you also get to clear condition or mark potential. Um, going to mark potential. Heck yeah. And that, uh, that levels me up. Hell yeah. I haven't just figured out what I'm going to do with that yet. That's though, fine. So. You can hang yeah. on to it, and uh, whenever you figure it out, we'll figure it out. Um, KT, to grow into your own image of yourself, grow closer to the team, or grow further away? I think this day, KT has grown into themselves a little more. Awesome. Because the last the last several adventures they have, KT has kind of taken taken everyone else's their troubles, their uh, their grievances upon themselves, and rather selfishly, I think, instead of instead of doing what KT should have been doing this entire time which in the words of Madeira was to go and be the hero. It's every time just about that KT has tried to do something to emulate someone else's feelings. Someone else has paid for it right now. It's been, it's been uh, Midas um, in the most immediate, but there's also um, if they had not done more to, keep everyone together then there wouldn't have been the blow up between Stitch 
and Moonflower. Instead of being a black hole that pulls in everything mindlessly, the littlest space bandit needs to be more the smallest star of hope in the sky. Awesome. How are you how are you shifting your labels? I will drop superior and raise savior. Excellent. That makes sense. Awesome. I think that is everyone. Cool. Well, that wraps up Volume 4. Wonder World Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brendan Conway. This issue was GM'd by Michael Dunham, who can be found on Twitter at Galvanic Man. Southpaw is played by Charlie Smiley, who can be found on Instagram at Big Sky Charlie. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Graviton is played by Sawyer A. The Righteous Flame is played by Theodore Hampton, who can be found on his website at theohamptonphoto.com. Stitch is played by Justin Reed, who can be found on Twitter at www.comicsstitch. Wonder World Comics is produced and edited by Michael Dunham. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at www.comicspodcast.com. Or send us an email at www.comicspodcast at gmail.com.